The following podcast contains mature language and discussions that are not suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to the Strange and Undecided Podcast. I'm your host, Jarrett, joined by my co-host. You know my name. I do, but they don't. I'm Patrick. Welcome. All right. So have you ever heard of a place called Clarenville? Clarenville? No. Where is Clarenville? It is on the East Coast in Newfoundland and Labrador. No, never been out there. What's going on? What's strange and unsolved mysteries are happening up and uh, going on? And what's this? I forget this place's name already. Clarenville. Clarenville. <laughs> um. Well, we've got a UFO sighting, but it's not an ordinary one, which we'll get into. It's funny how we have to preface ordinary UFO sightings as if they're all uh, <laughs> just a normal everyday occurrence. Well, I feel like nowadays with everything that goes on, you have to be like, oh, just your average sighting that might or may or may not be a weather balloon, may or may not be an airplane passing by. No, this was like much more than that. Legit. Okay. All right, so October 26th, 1978, an RCMP officer in Newfoundland responds to a call about a UFO being spotted in the sky. When he arrives at the scene, to his astonishment, he sees an aircraft in the sky moving and observes it moving for over an hour before it flies away at unworldly speeds. Okay, let's, let's carry on with the story, see what happens. All right, so just a little background. Canadian province Newfoundland and Labrador is composed of the island Newfoundland with a larger section on the mainland, that's Labrador. Population is approximately 520,000. Newfoundland is separated from Labrador by the narrow Strait of Belle Isle. Of Canada's 10 provinces, Newfoundland and Labrador is the newest. It is the most easterly part of North America, which has made it a key position in the past for transportation, communication, and defense. The fishing here is also world-renowned, dating well back to European settlers as well. So nestled on the east coast of Newfoundland in the Shoal Harbor Valley is the quaint town of Clarenville. Today, the population of Clarenville is approximately six to 7,000, but back when this case took place in 1978, Population was only of about 2,800 people, so very small town. That's like a little Elmer that you used to live in. Yeah. I don't know. I think the population of Elmer is even a little bit bigger. Oh, Elmer is booming, guys. Now it is. Clarenville, not, yeah. not so booming. No, very quiet. So you'd expect a lot of hardworking people to be living there and kind of no funny business, so oh, to speak. Wait till you hear about this funny business. Yeah. So approximately two in the morning on October 26, 1978, 25-year-old Constable James Blackwood of the RCMP responded to a call about something flying in the sky and that it appeared to be a UFO. Upon arriving at the scene, he saw a resident with binoculars looking up at the sky. When he looked in the same direction as the resident, he witnessed, as well as 12 other people, a strange cigar-shaped aircraft hovering over Random Island. So Random Island is just pretty much right across the water from them. Uh, so Blackwood was skeptical responding to the sighting at first, as there were calls made previously in the week, but they turned out to be nothing. 
However, not this time. This time he actually saw something. So in an interview, Blackwood said, I went down and the craft was hovering between Clarenville and Random Island, right on the water. It was only a couple hundred feet off the water. Blackwood stated that the aircraft was coming from the west and moving in an easterly direction. The object was approximately two to 3,000 feet in altitude. Initially, Blackwood used binoculars to view the object, but decided to use a special telescope for drug surveillance. The once skeptical Blackwood had an up-close view to something he can't explain to this day. So Chester Lethbridge, I guess, was the individual who had the binoculars, one of the residents who made the call. But this thing was a lot better with 60 times, so he's talking about the telescope that he brought. I got to see it up close, said Blackwood. He observed blue flashing lights on either side of the object and one red light on top, which appeared to be in the middle of the object. The underside of the object was completely illuminated, but not by a reflection. It was the source of illumination. There were no windows or openings for a door. The object was also metallic, but not shiny. It was very dull and porous, as Blackwood described. The craft also had a fin that looked like the tail of an airplane, but was, what he said, stubbier. It was slightly larger than a Boeing 737, but smaller than a DC-8. Roughly, this would translate into somewhere between 100 and 150 feet. Blackwood even tried to initiate contact as he activated the roof lights of his police car, and it activated lights at the same time. He's tried to communicate with this thing? Yeah, he flashed the lights on top of his car, and the UFO or the aircraft flashed its lights back, back at him. Okay, so far they sound kind of friendly. Yeah, I guess uh, one of the residents there kind of got annoyed and was like, what are you trying to do? And he said, oh, I'm trying to contact it. And he was like, oh, don't do that. Like, no, like, don't try that. I mean, the resident, I feel like a small town resident knows some shit that we don't know. Keep in mind, Blackwood's 25 years old. Yeah. <laughs> when we when we look back on these cases and we hear... Uh, hear about cops and stuff we just assume they're like they're older than us yeah right well you think of it and that's also one of the reasons why this story i guess is unique is because it's kind of this authority figure in a sense somebody that you can trust saying this stuff yeah it's funny though because like we have cop friends and it's like 25 year old cop hey that's just our buddy yeah (laughs) so (laughs) take with it what you will probably is like first day on the job She's a UFO. (laughs) Yeah, so imagine you're a police officer and you're on the job and you're not expecting this. You don't believe in any of this stuff. You keep getting calls previously in the week saying, I see a UFO in the sky and you kind of just roll your eyes. You go to investigate or follow up. Leads to absolutely nothing. And then you finally come to this one and it's like, oh, and then you actually see something. Yeah, it's funny. It's like the the dads in like horror movies that don't believe like the hauntings and shit like that. Yeah. They try to provoke the thing. That's what this guy's doing, shining his lights on the, the craft. Yeah, so luckily nothing bad happens afterwards, though. He just he just gets basically them flashing the lights back, which was pretty tame. Okay, let's see what happens. You said this is a weird story. So far, this is my everyday Thursday night, Jarrett. Let's oh, go. Okay. Let's go. Sure. Yeah, for over an hour, Blackwood observed the aircraft before it started to rise slowly. And then it took off at an unimaginable speed. Blackwood quoted here, 
it didn't come any closer to us. And as it started to leave, went up slow, taking forever to rise, then vroom, gone like a shooting star. We didn't see the thing after that, but we did have a lot of calls prior to that. At that particular time, there was a flight from Jordan heading to Toronto that happened to see it, and it was also picked up by radar and Gander. So Gander is approximately one and a half hours drive north northwest of Clarenville. And then Blackwood said it was a big issue at the time. So it's not just him and 12 residents seeing it now. It's radar has picked it up and a full aircraft, well, a plane, passenger airplane also spotted it as well. So this plane flying in the sky sees this thing. Yeah, I guess just so. passing by. Yeah, I couldn't find and any other information about that plane and about the people on it. So I don't know. It could have been the pilot of the aircraft saw it and wasn't sure what it was, but saw something. But yeah, I couldn't really find any information beyond yeah, that. Funny how we never heard about the plane again, just like disappeared into the sea. Uh, yep. See you guys. Yeah. And also the radar. They're like, oh yeah, it was picked up on radar. It's like, okay. I think that's pretty significant. Yes, we got some scientific data here. Yeah. So Blackwood talks about how he took up airplane building as a hobby and knows just about every aircraft ever built. Based on this, he states that he has not seen nor read about anything that resembles this object. So, I mean, he's, from what I researched about him, he was pretty thorough in his description, but also he has a pretty large knowledge knowledge base of just aircrafts in general so not just a pretty face this blackwood i guess not so there's an interview on youtube titled rcmp officer interview ufo sighting 1978 where you can watch the full interview of constable james blackwood it is on his own personal youtube page james blackwood raccoon whisperer (laughs) yo this guy does it all he does it all he's had a full career yeah So after the incident, he refused to talk about this to reporters and media, but he did file a report back at the station, which I find interesting because I feel like somebody who sees a UFO, they're going to kind of be like, oh my God, and report that instantly. But he kept it to himself out of fear. I wouldn't say fear, actually. I pull that back. Out of concern to be ribbed by his fellow officers and kind of the ridicule, which We'll get into later with that, but basically he just wanted to file the report and say what he saw, and he didn't want to talk about it, but he was instructed by his staff sergeant to talk about the incident, where he became somewhat of a small-town celebrity. So staff sergeant pretty much just said, any interview that you get, take it. Okay, that's a little, little twist. Like, why? That's the part I think I find very strange. Mm-hmm. And this is the 70s, so people aren't like openly talking about this stuff no. very often, right? Yep, exactly. So for two weeks, all he did was interviews with every major news source across the country. So this thing went what we would call today viral, essentially. But back then where you don't have cell phones and internet and all that stuff, like the only way you can watch it is listening to the radio and watching TV. And it went everywhere. So it's big news if it traveled. Very big news. but far back then. As he expected, Blackwood ended up leaving the Clarenville detachment after years of ridicule 
and didn't speak about the incident until after he returned back to his home in Nova Scotia later on. And I believe that was the mid eighties that he did that. Hmm. So to this day, he still is contacted by UFO researchers and enthusiasts about the incident. Do you think the staff sergeant was out to fire him? Well, he wasn't fired. He just... he wasn't fired, but he was ridiculed. In a way, he kind of forced himself to resign, huh? In a sense, yeah. I feel like, hey, do the. I don't know about his relationship with his staff sergeant, what their actual agenda was, but. Um, I feel like based on the time, if you were put up for an interview like that, you'd kind of come across as a bit of a, a kook. So I'm not sure. So for UFO reports, there is the National Research Council in Ottawa, which has an upper atmosphere research facility, which sounds really fancy. Do they specialize in UFOs or this is just like anything aerial related? Anything aerial related, as far as I know. An NRC agent responded to the reports and concluded that what Blackwood saw was the planet Jupiter, as it is brilliant in mid-October, when near the Mediterranean Sea. Oh, bullshit. Oh, don't worry. Come on. Blackwood. Ottawa, that's exactly what we, we expect to hear from you. Yeah. Oh, it was just a planet. Like, no. So Blackwood responded that saying, I tore a strip off him. He had this big explanation. He didn't talk to me or talk to any of the other 12 witnesses. He just submitted this on his own. There was this guy doing a paper on it. I told him what I thought of him. How the hell can a planet cast a shadow on the water? How can it come down that close that it can block out random island? Black was taking it personal. He took it personal, yeah. But he also said too that he was... I guess, a non-believer or a skeptic before, but after this, he believed. However, he did not pursue the UFO, I guess, area afterwards. Like, he had no interest in looking up little green aliens or anything like that afterwards. Okay, he just wants to go back uh, about his business. Yeah, he's like, I saw it. It is what it is, and that's about it. Yeah, you can commend that. Yes. So... This event was so widespread that October 8th of 2020, the Royal Canadian Mint actually released a commemorative coin about the incident. What? You're telling me there's a a rare coin out there somewhere with the UFO on it that I can collect? There is, actually. So this rectangular $20 fine silver coin says $20 fine silver coin. So I'm assuming the base of it is silver. Of Canada's unexplained phenomena, the Clarenville event has a limited mintage of 5,000 of these made and retails for $130. Oh. Sorry for the people who are listening to the podcast, but I'm showing Pat what it actually looks like. So if you're interested in looking this up, you can just go on Google Images and type in Clarenville 1978 coin and it will pop up. I'll be honest. Not what I expected. Looks like a little... Maybe shark or something. Yeah, so the way he actually in the interview, which was interesting, he drew a picture of it, and let's just say he's not an artist. But it basically just looked like this big, long, like you said, cigar, and it just kind of had this tail fin at the very end. Yeah. You hear about the cigar uh, UFOs. You hear about the saucer UFOs. This one's kind of like a hybrid with a tail fin. Never seen anything like it. Yeah, it's very strange. But this coin actually... 
has a interesting feature. If you shine a UV light on it, it glows in the dark. No way. Yeah, so... The, Canada actually does some cool shit sometimes. Sometimes. But the fact that the government and the Royal Canadian Mint actually made a coin about this, I find that really, really interesting. Sounds was, like this Ottawa guy needs to get fired. Yeah, he doesn't know what he's talking about. So, fast forward to February 23rd, 2016. A man by the name of Chad Haynes was deleting pictures off of his camera to make room for... Uh, his Christmas photos that he was going to take, and he actually discovered one of his pictures had a UFO in it. What? He saw this object hovering near the moon in the picture and claimed that it was out there for two to three hours in total before it pretty much mimicked exactly what uh, Constable Blackwood actually described, where it hovered and stayed in place for a length of time before it slowly rose into the air more. And then zipped off in a direction at crazy like lightning speeds. No so, way we get to see this picture for real. So yes, you can also find this image on Google. A lot of this stuff is very readily available. Okay. But you can see in the picture, there's looks like a very blurry picture of the moon. But to the left of it, it kind of looks like, and what some have described it as a Star Trek. Like, you know, like the ship from Star Trek, Star Trek Enterprise. Or Starship Enterprise. It's right there on the left side. I'll zoom in on it a little bit so you can actually see it's still very blurry, but I wonder if AI could enhance the photo. Uh, potentially. When, I think when just was looking, this taken? This was twenty sixteen. You said he found the photo in twenty sixteen though. Right? Yeah. The, or was it taken before that? Yeah, so he witnessed witnessed this in twenty sixteen. Okay. But I guess he was recently, according to this article, in Oh, that he was in Clarenville. Yeah, so same place, same town. same town, and he observed something that was, it didn't look the same. In my opinion, it doesn't look the same at all. This looks like your stereotypical UFO. Yeah. Like saucer with a little bit of a dome on the top and this kind of like protruding piece from the bottom. Yeah, it's got a weird bottom, eh? Yeah. You think that's part of it? Maybe it's like a light. It might be the light, but it's pretty dark on the bottom there, but it's also pretty close to the moon, so it's it's hard to say. Yeah. So yeah, Clarenville. Seems to be a UFO hotspot of Canada. Sounds like we got to take a trip to Clarenville, huh? I'd be okay with that. Apparently, it's really nice there, too. Hey, if we don't see any UFOs, we'll have a nice uh, evening together, Jarrett. That we would. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that concludes this podcast on the Clarenville 1978 incidents. incident. What are your thoughts? Hey, well, I would uh, keep an eye out in Clarenville. If it happened in 1978, it happened in 2016, do the math. What's the, what's the time difference? Uh, 38 years. These cases happen 38 years in between each other. So if my uh, theory is correct, 38 years from 2016, we should have another sighting, guys. So, hey, guys, if you're around Clarenville in the year 2054, keep an eye out on the sky because you're going to see some crazy stuff. I hope so. Maybe that's where we should be in 2054. I guess what I also want to ask you here is, do you believe this guy? Yeah, why not? Seems like a nice guy. If he got the job, right? Is that just what? because he's a police officer? I mean, there's nothing sketchy going on with so many witnesses too, right? Yeah, I think the fact that there are multiple witnesses, the radar picked it up. 
this alleged plane also saw it as well. And the fact that pretty much Ottawa tried to downplay it and say, oh, it was just the friggin' planet Jupiter, you know, gets in the way from time to time. The fact that there's a coin yeah. seems pretty legit. I think the fact that it's recognized as a phenomenon or UFO event, I think that gives it a lot of credibility to being actually true. Do you think maybe Canada wanted to up its cool factor a little bit? Not much goes on up here, guys. We're Canadian. I feel like for the most part, it's like... It's like the States has Roswell and all this cool shit. It's like we want something too. Yeah, maybe. There are other uh, UFO cases, many more in Canada, which we will get into in further podcasts. In particular, I'm excited to look at the Falcon Lake incident. Yeah, sounds mysterious. All right, well, thank you for listening. And good night.